Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. So close for the Raiders. And Papali would be an appropriate man to score. Brought to you by OAC Digital. Come join us as we go behind the limelight. Hello and welcome to Behind the Line, like the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders, thanks to OAC Digital. Round 7 of the NRL sees the Canberra Raiders travel to Bankwest Stadium to take on the Parramatta Eels in what is shaping up to be one hell of a contest up against the competition-leading Eels. Joining me this week, as always, is Raiders Media Digital Coordinator Tom Logan. And Tom, uh, probably not the, the way we wanted to start this week with a, with a disappointing result against Manly last weekend at Campbelltown. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, it was a tough game. It was just one of those ones where I felt like, I think Ricky Stewart summed it up pretty well in the press conference. You know, at times that we probably tried too hard and I think things just didn't go our way. Yeah, let's have a listen to what Ricky said in that press conference following that loss to Manly. Um, we are struggling struggling with attack and it's what I just told the players that, uh, you know, we spoke quite um, thoroughly after the game. I mean, I can, I can see what our, I know what our, I can see what our issues are and We've got uh, not a lot of time before next week's game and got to fix it quickly. You know, we're not, it's this, certainly not time now to be throwing out, throwing everything out and starting all over again. We're, uh, no, we're not far away. It, it, it can be fixed quickly, David. Um, it's just, we're identifying it and we've got to fix it immediately because we, we don't want to be looking at this four or five, six weeks down the track because that's when it is too late. So we have to identify it, which we have. And, and it wasn't just tonight. This has been uh, something we've been talking about uh, for a couple of weeks now, and um, we need to correct it. There he is, Coach Ricky Stewart there, summing up uh, his feelings and, and probably the feelings of the team after that loss to Manly. Let's have a look at the highlights of that game. And, um, you know, Manly lost a couple of players early to injury, Tom, and uh, you, you sort of thought at that point... Uh, they were really going to be up against it. But uh, credit to them, they really lifted uh, when they lost uh, a Walker and then Parker uh, within the first few minutes. And then uh, Trebojevic as well with about 25 to go. So a pretty gutsy effort by them. Yeah, shades of uh, Brookvale Oval last season. I think um, you know we, we went up there and faced them and they lost a few players and, and had already lost a few players prior to the game actually starting. And somehow they just... I know it's cliche, but they they actually they literally dug deep and you know found a way to sort of get, get past us in the end. I mean, if you look at the numbers, they completed really highly. They had a lot of possession. Um, it was pretty much our errors um, and our. I'm not sure with our attack at the moment, things are just a little bit clunky. Um, we've had a, a couple of weeks there uh, where we just haven't quite found the mark. But um, you've only got to think back 12 months ago. We were in a similar situation. Uh, we were we were winning a few games, losing a few games. Things weren't really happening, and then all of a sudden things clicked into gear at the right time of the season. So, you know, we're four wins uh, from six games. It's definitely not time to hit the panic button yet. Yeah, definitely. Definitely not uh, time to hit the panic panic button, but um, I think things can be fixed uh, quite quickly, and, you know, I've got no doubt that the coaching staff and the players are all working really hard behind the scenes. I mean, myself and you, we we all see that. Um, You know, and and at the end of the day, we've got a really quality side, and I I believe it's only a matter of time until things click again. Yeah, I mean, you've got some wonderful creative players in the team, Jack White and uh, George Williams. Uh, I think Charles Nickel Clockstad's been able to um, develop that passing game of his a little bit, so that's that's been something that he's been able to work on in the off-season, and 
I think that's starting to, to find its feet a little bit as well. Uh, and, of course, Josh Hodgson, uh, always uh, creative out of that dummy half area. So the, the creativity uh, of the players is definitely, definitely there and, and something that they can just continue to work on. Yeah, 100%. Uh, just on that note as well, I thought Chance was actually uh, one of our probably better players last week. He was making a lot of um, metres coming out of, I guess, our own defensive half. And, yeah, like you said, I, f- I feel like he's really sort of developed that sort of, you know, extra sort of, uh, I guess, pass to his attacking game. And I'm really excited to see him this weekend go up against Clint Gutherson. Yeah, he ran for 250 metres on the weekend, Chance, and and had a pretty strong performance there at the back. So uh, this week it's just a matter of us, you know, working on that attack and it all starts in the middle with those forwards. If they can lay a platform against the informed pack uh, in the competition, then I'm sure it's going to be one hell of a contest. We talk about that round seven fixture now up there at Bankwest Stadium. Uh, Raiders undefeated at Bankwest, Tommy. We uh, had one game there last season against the West Tigers and I think we kept them to nil as well. So uh, it's a happy hunting ground so far up there in the west of Sydney. Yeah, um, awesome memories actually. Last year, you know, we put on a good score on the West Tigers. Obviously a different opposition, but, you know, I dare say that that ground, you know, bodes well for us this weekend. Let's have a look at the team thanks to Spec Savers and as we can see, um, by the 17 that Ricky's named, uh, he stuck true to his word. He, he wasn't uh, uh, planning on making wholesale changes. In fact, he's made none. He's kept the same 17 uh, this week for the Eels. And uh, Hudson Young, I think he had about 20 minutes off the bench last week. I'm sure he'll be looking to get some more game time into him this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's a, I think it's the right move again, you know, to sort of keep that extra forward on the bench, especially... I feel like Parramatta is quite similar to the Seagulls in, in regards to, you know, they, they're quite a big side. Um, and, you know, as Josh Papali and Josh Hodgson, you know, both mentioned in their press conferences earlier in the week, um, you know, Parramatta are sort of the, the form, I guess they have the form pack uh, so far this season. They've been playing absolutely outstanding up front. Yeah, they had a really strong performance against the Roosters and in fact led that game uh, until the Roosters, um, you know, flexed their muscle late in that contest and, and ran away with the, the victory. But uh, the big the big challenge uh, for me outside of that forward pack is their three-quarter line. I think they're uh, Clint Gutherson, uh, you've got Mike Acevo, Michael Jennings, Wunga Blake and Blake Ferguson. It's a big mobile back five and um, our guys uh, on the edges are going to have to be on top of their game uh, this week. Uh, you know, they've probably been a little bit off defensively. Uh, on the edges in the last couple of weeks, so they're going to have to be right up for it this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Parramatta have been, you know, sort of really utilising and I guess coping really well with that second phase footy. Um, I'm expecting their outside backs to make a lot of sort of dirty carries out of their uh, own defensive half. So I guess if we can sort of counter that, you know, the, every, the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, um, talking about uh, back to last week for, in terms of uh, strong performances, I thought Jordan Rapiner. Um, on that wing last weekend was sensational, bringing those uh, balls out of yardage. And uh, Jared Croker um, had this to say this morning uh, in his press conference around um, how those little things just didn't quite come off for them last week. There's a few little things. We've we done video yesterday and, and had a look at a couple of little areas, but we also had a look at about five opportunities that we blew. So, you know, we, we nailed one of them. I had scored that try. Rapper had one or maybe even two in the corner. Um, yeah, there's three tries there that you know, nine times out of ten we probably score um, and we're probably not talking about it. So there's a couple of little areas we definitely need to work on. Um, but like I said, if we take a few more of our opportunities that we did present, um, then it's probably a different story. But like we didn't take our opportunity and mainly we're good enough to, to keep us out. Yeah, he's, he's 100% right there, Tom. If, if those balls just stick, if if Jordan's able to latch onto that pass or keep his foot in, it's it's probably a different story in that game. But... Um, you know, no doubt they'll be working on those through this week. 
Yeah, definitely. I don't think they really need to sort of dwell on that too much. I think, you know, last week was just one of those spooky sort of games where, you know, just those little fine one point, well, I guess one percenters just really sort of didn't go our way. And I've got, I've got no doubt that we'll be able to correct those. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a challenge up there at Bankwest Stadium this week. Uh, just before we uh, wrap things up and head to our special guest, Emre Gula, today, uh, just about returning to GIO Stadium uh, next week. Uh, we've got some uh, plans in the works there for you know some return to crowds, uh, Tom, which we'll communicate to our members uh, as soon as we have some more information. So uh, if you are listening to the podcast and you are wondering what's going on in that, uh, in that facet of things, just uh, sit tight. Um, hopefully over the next couple of days, we'll be able to provide you guys some more information and, and get you out to the footy as soon as possible. Before we head to our special guest, it's time to do this. All right, podcast predictions. Tom, I was off the board last week. I got Elliot Whitehead to score a try. Uh, another duck egg for you. So uh, what are you going this week? Yeah, I think I, I was probably a bit hard on myself last, last week picking Corey to come up with the try. So this week I'm going to go for a nice and simple one. I reckon Jared Croker is going to grab his first try of the season. Speaking of Corey Horsburgh, I saw there's a page on Instagram where they're posting the same photo of Corey every day until <laughs> he scores a try. So uh, let's hope it's this weekend because that's not a very pleasant photo to, to wake up and see in your feed every day. <laughs> I, I don't mind it. I'm a big fan of Corey. So. <laughs> no, he's a good man, Corey Horsburgh. Uh, in terms of predictions this weekend, uh, I think Josh Hodgson is going to have a big hand in this game and I'm going to go for two try assists to the Raiders number nine this weekend. Welcome back to Behind the Limelight, thanks to OAC Digital, and our guest today is Raiders forward Emre Gula. Afternoon, Emre. How are you travelling, mate? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Uh, mate, let's start by uh, having a look at last week's game. Obviously, not the result you guys were hoping for. Um, you know, how did everyone pull up from that? Uh, probably a disappointing bus ride back home, no doubt. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a disappointing bus ride home. Um, I thought, you know, personally, I thought we, we should have won that. Um, our middles played really well, um, you know, our, you know, all the way through um, to everyone in the side. You know, I thought everyone did their job. Just a couple of things we probably didn't execute. Um, but other than that, I thought we played really well and um, we can just take that into this week against Power. Obviously, Ricky's stuck with the same side for this weekend. So the opportunity's there for the same 17 to go out and do the job this weekend? Yeah, I think it's good, you know, we sort of get combinations together and, um, you know, it's good that he's stuck with the same 17 just to be able to, you know, sort of get, get to know the way we each other plays and, and keep going from there. I think it's working really well for us and, you know, we can only build from it from here. Emre, yourself, you've been able to get some more minutes on the field um, over the last couple of weeks since returning from that shutdown. How do you feel uh, you're travelling out there at the moment? Um, I, I personally feel good. Um, I feel like the more minutes I get, the sort of... Um, better I get into the groove of the game. Um, you know, when I sort of come on for short stints, I probably just, um, you know, sort of go out the gates like a bull, um, just, you know, go 100%. Um, but, you know, when I sort of get a bit more minutes, I sort of try to, you know, steady myself and, you know, sort of be a bit more smarter with what I do. But, um, you know, either way, you know, a bit more minutes or, you know, less minutes, I still, you know, do my best when I'm on. You've been uh, given the opportunity to, to come off the bench for pretty much your whole career so far. Is that a role you're comfortable with or do you have aspirations to be a starting player? Um, yeah, you know, I like coming off the bench. I think, you know, speaking to the, the senior players, uh, you know, they sort of like when they're 
you know, come on and try to bring that energy and, you know, sort of lift the game. Um, but, you know, if I was to start, I, you know, I think that'd be something I'd be happy to do as well. Um, you know, but, yeah, I'm not complaining at the moment. You know, I think coming off the bench sort of suits what our team does. And, you know, if that's what I have to do, then I'll do that. You got that sort of opportunity right at the at the right time last season. I think it was uh, coming into the final series, uh, and you you managed to you get yourself into that finals team, and then um, have the opportunity to play in that grand final. What was that experience like for you? Um, yeah, it was you know crazy um, coming into the back end of the year. You know, I was, thought I was you know playing my best footy. Um, I was lucky enough to get picked in that final side, and then play in Melbourne, and then play against Rabbits there at home um, and then, you know, lucky enough to play in the grand final, um, which was crazy, you know, if you sort of asked me early on in that year if I'd be playing in the grand final, probably um, wouldn't have said it confidently, but um, coming in towards the back end of the year, you know, I thought sort of, you know, playing strong and, um, yeah, probably, you know, thought I deserved to be in that grand final and, and uh, be there with the rest of the boys. What was it like for you? What what memories do you have from that game? Obviously, being your first grand final, like most of the guys in the team, it, it probably was a bit of a blur for you, but um, what what memories can you take out of that experience? Um, I sort of remember like the start of the week when we got into Sydney, I think it was on the Tuesday or Wednesday, and then um, just sort of the build-up, um, doing you know, all the little things at training and sort of remember all that stuff. And then it's weird because I remember all that stuff, but I don't remember too much on the game. I sort of remember... The, uh, the Viking clap before heading out, um, you know, that was like the whole stadium was shaking and um, that was pretty cool. Um, and then honestly, don't remember much in the game. I don't know if it was because I copped a head knock and I didn't know or if I just, if it was all just a big blur, I sort of don't know, but I couldn't really see anything. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> you, a lot of people uh, that have played in a grand final and, and have lost that game often say that they don't sit back and, and don't ever watch it. Have, have you watched it? Have you had a look at the game? And uh, if so, what did you think? I, I didn't want to watch it, to be honest. But, um, you know, my, my dad, you know, always throws it on and sort of goes, you know, if we did this and we did that and sort of just, <laughs> you know, be a parent and, you know, sort of like when you're younger and, you know, and they tell you what to do and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I've only watched it because mum and dad have, you know, watched it a couple of times at home and I've been there, so... But, um, yeah, you know, I try to sort of just move on from it and, you know, I want to, you know, be in another grand final and hopefully, you know, create our own history. You talk about your mum and dad. Uh, we've touched on in the past um, how influential they are on your career. Um, how are you transitioning from that, um, I suppose, age where you were still uh, relatively reliant on your parents to being an independent young man uh, living down here in Canberra now? Um, how's that all going for you? Um, yeah, it's good. Um, you know, I come down here when I was, you know, 17, 18, um, still relying on them, you know, sort of, you know, always calling me and coming to Canberra, check on me. Um, bit of a big kid. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, a couple of years down the track, I sort of, you know, just sort of become the norms and um, mum and dad sort of, you know, they were, they were easy with it and knowing that they were easy with it made me a lot more comfortable. So, you know, I see Canberra as home now, so... Yeah, it's pretty easy now. Who do you uh, most sort of hang around with? I know you and Nicky Kotrick are, are pretty tight. Um, yeah, I hang out with Nicky Kotrick a lot. Um, now Curtis Scott's come down, you know, hang out with Scotty a lot. Um, but, yeah, we're pretty good with all the boys. Um, 
you know, whoever has time to hang out, you know, a lot of the boys have kids and partners. Um, you know, whenever we can get together and do something, we usually do with the boys. How important do you think that is for a, for a team to be so close together off the field as well as being, you know, successful on it? Yeah, um, you know, it, it's massive. Um, you know, you hear about, oh, you know, other teams in the past who, you know, don't have that bond and we're lucky to, you know, have that bond here at the Raiders. A lot of the boys get along with each other. Oh, everyone gets along with each other. Um, you know, everyone sees each other, you know, as one of their own. Um, so it's massive, you know. It's, couldn't imagine it without it being like that. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty pretty good to have that here. Moving back to the football this weekend, uh, you've got Parramatta. It doesn't get any easier for you guys. They're on top of the table at the moment playing some really good footy. Uh, what's the focus been for you guys heading into this one? Um, I think for us, just getting back to what we do well, you know, we sort of, we definitely went away from it against the Knights. Um, and then, you know, Tigers were good and then, um, you know, Manly were good. But, you know, we just uh, missed out on a couple of opportunities. Um, so I think, you know, just getting back to what we do well, um, and you know, I think we'll be okay. But I mean, yeah, you know, not taking any way, anything away from Para. They they've been playing good footy, so um, it'll be a good challenge for us this week. Joshua Parley said earlier in the week that he thinks that Parramatta's forward pack is probably the benchmark of the competition at the moment. Uh, how important is it for you guys coming off the bench, you know, yourself and Ryan Sutton, um, you know, coming on making that impact in that middle part of the field? Um, yeah, I think I think you know they are the benchmark of the comp. Um, you know, they've been, their middles have been playing good footy. Um, I think, you know, it'll be massive for us, especially for our starting boys, Papa, um, Sia, you know, to get us moving forward. And then, you know, when the benches come on, look, Ryan's been huge for us and um, Liver, um, you know, it'll be, be good for us to get on and, um, you know, keep that ball rolling. And, mate, I've got to ask you again, we talked about it in the press conference last week, but these um, these snack packs that the boys are having on the on the bus on the way home... Uh, they're making me very jealous every week. I see the, the pictures. Um, just give us a rundown of what's in that. What's in this? I think, I think you call it a full plate. Give us a rundown of what's in there. Um, yeah. So we usually look after the boys after the game with um, what's called a mixed plate, where you get three or four different types of meats and um, rice, salad. Um, they pack it up for the boys. Um, you know, look after them. You know, a bit of extra of everything. And um, yeah, it's good. You know, like honestly, you probably. A lot of the boys crave it after a game, yeah. um, and you know, it's after a win, it'd be a good, well deserved feed. <laughs> no doubt, washed down with a couple of beers on the bus ride home, mate. Yeah, after a win, for sure. All the best this weekend against Parramatta. Really looking forward to seeing the guys back out there uh, looking to make amends uh, against Manly. And uh, let's hope you guys have a big game and you can get home with the two points. Thank you. Cheers, guys. There he is, Emre Gula, Canberra Raiders forward, young, up and coming player. Big future ahead of him. Uh, thanks for joining us this week on the Behind the Mile Mike podcast. Thanks to IAC Digital. We'll catch you next week.